Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are in Psalm 50, so this is like a big um, landmark for me, or it's one third of the way. Yes, it is. I feel like, you know, I've accomplished something and I've learned lots along the way and it's, you know, I'm digging deeper into the Psalms than I really would have done on my own uh, before. And so it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's been a good journey and for us. That was kind of our goal somewhat mm-hmm. for the year was to get. Yes, that's right. Consistently through. So yeah, we got this Psalm today and then we have our Thursday podcast and then we're going to take a couple weeks yeah, and just rest. A holiday. Think about things and we got some plans to revamp some stuff and change Dream. some things around yep. and, and then come January we'll go right back at it and the goal is in 2024 we want to get to Psalm 100 and then I was thinking Psalm well, or in 2025 it will be okay. impressive to finish those last 50 because 119, Psalm 119. I know. I'm not sure. I haven't decided there. what I'm doing about that yet. I don't know if I got plans. cover that. I got plans. You have plans. Yeah. Oh, we better share them with 26 if I like podcasts it. in a day. Okay. We'll talk. That goes, or 22. We'll However talk. many goes with the letters. We'll chat. You and I. Because they're all eight verses. Yeah. We're not going to chat through the alphabet. Here, It'll we'll be chat. amazing. And every hour through the whole day, we can have um, a new podcast okay. come out. Do you want to read Psalm 50 for us, please? <laughs> it's a bit more than a year away. I may be cutting you plans. off, but we're just going to continue. Psalm 50, uh, title in my Bible is God himself is judge. Hmm. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silent. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who make a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifice do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, a cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all the moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would tell you, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. I call upon me in the day of trouble and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenants on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my word behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself. But now I rebuke you and lay charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there is be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving is as his sacrifice glorifies me. 
to the one who orders his way rightly, I shall show the salvation of God. Mm, thank you. So we kind of, this psalm really does show us how much God despises false worship. Yeah. yeah. But to those who are thankful, genuine, uh, and repent and believe that he will save. But then yep. we also can't ignore that there is a warning in this psalm to those who forget God. Yeah. So let's just kind of dive in. Verse 1. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Mm -hmm. So here we have God summoning the whole earth because he is over all of the earth. The earth is accountable to him for all time. Yeah. All time. Yeah. So this is his right. Mm -hmm. And he is able to do this. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. When I was reading this one, I was like, you know, the psalm especially, but in Throughout the whole Bible, we hear of Zion. Um, and Zion is the place where God decided to meet his people. And it actually does mean the perfection of beauty, as it says, right? Out of Zion, comma, the perfection of beauty, comma. Yeah. God shines forth. So this is his chosen place. Yeah. So this is where he is. Uh, verse 3, our God comes. He does not keep silent. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him is a mighty tempest. I love this. God is not silent, mm -hmm. right? And I think the whole devouring fire, mighty tempest, this speaks to the seriousness of this business, the seriousness of what he is calling to tell his people. Yeah. Right? We can't ignore that. You can't ignore a devouring fire. You can't ignore a mighty tempest. <laughs> well, Neither you can, can you control it. You can try. Well, right? Like I, mean, I tried to ignore it in this, this past summer, the fire season and where we live. Oh, man. We had stuff by the door and we the, were ready. the evacuation orders were... Yeah nearby but yeah. weren't at our house and I never once put anything in a bag because I was not leaving uh, right I was you know we live in an old house that's been around for over a hundred years yeah and I was like I am not losing this house while we own it so I ignored right. that fire and you stayed you were ready but <laughs> it was tense. the fireman also tried to control it which yeah. also didn't work so like there's no. this yeah this wild um not wild in the sense of God is wild but this it's above us. It's yeah. beyond us. We, it's we bigger it. than us. It cannot yeah. be controlled. Verse 4 says, He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. So he comes to judge his people. He's not going to be silent anymore. In Scripture, he is called an all-consuming fire, right? Like we see that throughout and in the New Testament. You know, our God is an all-consuming fire. Mm -hmm. He comes, he's real, he's present, and he will speak. So even if you feel that God is silent, he is silent only for a time. And we see this even in the Old Testament. He is silent for a time, but then there comes a moment where he decides that he will speak. And yeah. this is something that we should all be paying attention to. Yeah. yeah it, feels, it feels like when you get to that verse four, like all of a sudden, you know, or yeah, verse four. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like wait, what? He's going to judge us? Like it's a little bit of a shock, like. Right. You know, because normally we read the Psalms and we're like, oh, this is going to be like a crazy, happy Yeah, kind of it, thing. Yes, there are oh, those, right? Wait a sec. It's like a kind of a jarring jolt. Well, it's, and it's a little bit of that, of that. Yes, that reminder, right? This is God. Yeah. Yes. He, we, you know, like that song, Jesus is my friend. Yes, he is our friend, <laughs> but he is so much more than that, right? There is that awe. I know you're laughing, but there's that awe and that reverence uh, we need to have that I think a lot of times we miss. Yeah. That, Yes, God is love, but on the opposite side of that, when you have love, then you also with you know you have that judgment, that rightness that comes with it. Yeah, they they are entwined the relationship yep. between them, and yep. you can't have one without the other. So, 
but we do like to ignore that tempest, we that do. burning fire, 100%, don't we? The yeah. judgment. That's right? not my God. Well, then you don't, yeah. you don't have the God of the Bible, <laughs> you know? So verse um, True facts. five and six, gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. So he's gathering his faithful. He's mm-hmm. coming for them, right? Mm-hmm. Those who are genuine, those who belong to him, those who are giving their sacrifice to him. They're not playing. They're serious, right? He's looking for those who are repentant. He's looking for the righteous. Yeah. And he is the one who makes us righteous. So he will recognize the righteous because it is only through him yep. that we are righteous. Yep. Yep. So we might think that we're righteous, but if we aren't in Jesus or in Christ, then we are not. Yeah. Right. And it's all wrapped up in that covenant and sacrifice. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, exactly. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. Oh, Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. So he's going to speak, but you might not like it. Because there is only so much disrespect that God will tolerate before he ends it. Because he is God. And how many times do we see that Israel disrespects him, ignores him, turns to other gods? He does not stay silent long. No. Yeah. Right? And so then we're going to continue going. And in verse 8, it says, Not for your sacrifice do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. So what is he saying here? So they're sacrificing to him. But then it's not the sacrifice that he has issues with, right? It's, it's the attitude in which they're bringing it. Mm-hmm. Is, at this point, Israel is acting like God needs them, right? Yeah. This attitude that they are important uh, to God because God needs them. Yeah. Where, I mean, when we come before a holy, just God, he does not need us. No. You know, he, no. he wants us. Yeah, Desperately, exactly. he wants us. He wants that relationship, and he wants our hearts to be glorifying him, and he wants to bring us joy in him. But this attitude that we have something to bring God because we are so great, yeah. this is what he's having issue with. Which is, which is so often what people... Do particularly in churches, but, it, but, it's, but it's actually the opposite way around. I want you to do this, or I won't do that. There's that leveraging, like, right? Like you have you, this power over God. This whole worshiping God part thing, mm-hmm. like you need me to be part of that, right? Like I'm going to take my ball and go home, and right. so we do it both ways, right? Like we do, a hundred percent. We do. You'd be so good if if you know I showed up to your church yeah. and helped out, or mm. do what I want, or I'm not going to show up, and you're going to have to replace me. Good luck. Well, maybe. This is a sidestep. Maybe in our, because we are praying our church, um, we don't have a lot of musicians and a lot of people to lead the singing part of worship. Um, maybe we need to be praying that God will bring us the rock so they can cry out and lead us in worship because yeah. Yeah. We're, we're struggling. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it kind of comes back to that. You know, the story is is out there, but it's, uh, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, that song that yeah. Matt Redman wrote. He, yes. he wrote that song, yeah. sang it once, and then their church didn't sing another song like it's for the heart, right? like eight or nine months. Yes, that's right. I remember. It's like where they would normally sing, yeah. they sat in silence mm-hmm. or they, you know, participated in worship Yeah, like take stock of your ways. heart. And it's not because Make they didn't. Make yourself right. <laughs> and it's not God. because they didn't have the worshipers. It's because yeah, he clearly. realized, I'm writing songs. Mm-hmm. People are coming here for the wrong reason. This is pride. Right? Pride around yeah. it, right? Not for God. Yeah, exactly. I, verse 9 he continues to say, I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. I'm going to go all the way to verse 11 here. For every beast of the forest is mine, the mm-hmm. cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field 
is mine. Yeah. So it's like he's saying, everything you're giving me, it's already mine. Yep. You don't come to me thinking how great you are and how great your gifts are to me because they belong to me yeah. already. Yeah, there's a... There's and I think a, we struggle with that. Yeah. Right? Oh, we do. There's a... Like, you hear it. You, you know that you, you listen to kind of the testimonies of church workers, right. you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, where people would be praying and <laughs> checks would show up at, at that mm, moment mm. for the amount that they needed. But right. uh, when... when uh, I forget what Bible college it was, but know. anyway, there, there's a commentary. Ironside is his last name. Oh yeah, he he was the I think it's Southern Seminary in Texas, but he prayed that God would sell some of the cattle on the hills because oh. they needed the oh, thing. Yes, and yes. At the same time, in the office across the hall where mm. the finance was happening, a, a Texas rancher was actually bringing it check to okay. the school okay. for a sale of cattle, wow. which was the amount they needed. Right, and which is the sovereignty of God right there. But they were holding on to that verse, right? Like, God can do a lot of things. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cows out There's on a lot of cows hills. Specifically, well, and in Texas, right. I guess, is there a lot of cows there, maybe at ranches? I think more than in most places. So more than yeah. what we in Canada understand, I think. <laughs> but no, that's exactly it. Like, everything is his. Verse 12, if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. So again, he's saying, I don't tell you when I'm hungry. The food is mine. (laughs) So there's this truth that is hard for us to really comprehend that God doesn't need us, right? Not the same way that we need him. Well, it's like, why do you tell? That's the moment. He won't tell us that when he's hungry. Well, why would he tell us? Because when you tell somebody you're hungry, you want them to get you something. Well, and there's that that expectation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That expectation that you can fulfill this need for me. Well, God doesn't have needs. Yeah. Right? He is God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, But I think. In, in our world, we like to amass all of our things, and we like to feel yeah. needed, and we like to have the sense of purpose. But when our purpose isn't aligned with who God is, yep. that's where we get off the rails, and that's where yeah. we get distracted. And then I think that's where we can start to think, actually, I am kind of a big deal, and God does need me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, this is so easy for us to start thinking. Really big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I, you do. I just... You're just laughing at me. Well, and then I like the statement. Verse 13 and 14. Do I not eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So here's what he's saying. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. And perform your vows to the God, to the most high. This is where he's saying, I I don't want your stuff. It's already Mm -hmm. mine. I want you. I want your heart to be thankful. I want yourself. And I want you to recognize that you need me because when you call on me, I will rescue you. So I think this is quite clear that we were made to bring glory to God. Yeah. But we don't do that when we're proud. No. Or when we don't even acknowledge that he is God, right? We were created for his glory. Yep. And everything that we do is to bring him glory. And then in that, he gives us joy. Joy that doesn't always make sense. Joy that doesn't necessarily match our circumstances, but because our joy is in him alone. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our head around that. We read these words and we think, oh, that's nice. They're nice words. They were great for the Israelites back then. But I, I feel that they are for us today. We yeah. need to recognize who God is yeah. and recognize our need of him and that he wants us to have thankful, authentic hearts yeah. in worship. And that's the verse, right? Because we'll add verse... Right. Um, 14? 15. I haven't got there yet, but yes. I was just going to read that one. Do you, do you want to read that one? 
uh, and call upon me in the day of trouble. Mm. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify that's me. That's right. Oh, I should have. That's that. in uh, that's in uh, Robinson Crusoe. Is it? When he's gonna shipwreck and gonna die, mm-hmm. and he opens the Bible, that's the verse he reads. I love that. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Yes, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. So here's his promise. Yeah. Right. You offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, you have a right heart before God, then when you call upon him, when you are in trouble, he will deliver. And in that, that will glorify him. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, I just named Robin. That's Crusoe. cool. If you don't know, that's the if book. You don't know. Treasure Island. I know. No, I'm... Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> Telling aware. everybody else. Not, oh, not everybody everybody. Has, not everybody has the... The weird habits that That's we true. have where uh, you, we've bought a lot of the classic books and we do love read the them and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so that then, is uh, Alexander but it's Dumas, good to know. Treasure Dumas. Island, Dumi. I don't know how to say it. Dumas, maybe, probably. Yeah. Verse 16 goes on to say, but to the wicked. So this is our warning here. So he just told us what he desires. The thankful, the sacrifices that are pure and honest. Mm-hmm. Authentic, but then he says, but to the wicked, this is what he says, what right have you to recite my statutes or to take my covenant on your lips? Yeah. So he's saying these are the false tributes. These are the people who are saying all the right things, but not in meaning them in their heart, not actually doing them. They don't really want to repent or worship him in truth. They are false. Yeah. Right. And then verse 17 goes on to say that for you hate discipline. So he's describing who the wicked are. For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you're pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. So here it says the wicked. Who are they? They're false. They're hypocrites. They say one thing, but they do another. They might know the right words, but they don't live those words. They hate being disciplined. Mm -hmm. They don't listen to God's word, and they exalt in sin. Yeah. And they encourage it, and they keep company with it without any issues. Paints a big picture, which is really hard to not find yourself in. Absolutely, in some way, way. absolutely. Maybe not in the entirety, but no, one hundred percent. But then at verse like verse nineteen goes, it talks about more. This is, I think, more where a lot of us sometimes see ourselves in. Um, You give your mouth free reign for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's sons. Mm -hmm. So. You speak without thinking. You lie. You yeah. talk about other people behind their back. You say false things. Mm-hmm. You're self-righteous. Yep. And if you couldn't find yourself in the <laughs> last examples, <laughs> maybe you, it's here. You might find yourself here. I know. Even in those moments where you think I'm doing okay, and then you do a little bit of gossip about somebody. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, you're actually not doing okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, like this is hard to constantly check yourself, to check yep. your heart, to make sure that you aren't doing these things because this is what is described as wicked. Yeah. And we do not want to be described as wicked. And this is why they look at Asaph's uh, Psalms, or Asaph's, I've just named the wrong. Asaph's fables? <laughs> is that Asaph's, what you're talking You're talking about the uh, Psalm, Psalm of Asaph? Anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, this is why they called him the prophet, like a prophet in the Psalms, right? Because he's telling yeah. us what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but he's also not telling us anything we don't know. Exactly. Right? Like if that's we've right. read through scripture and that's the thing is we always want to find ourselves in scripture, but we want to find ourselves in a good way. Yes. We want to be on probably, the right side. It's probably not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, sadly, we can see ourselves so much easier in the, in the wicked and the, yeah. but it's a good, it is a good warning, right? Cause then. Oh yeah. No, it's the, the only warning we all need is. Exactly. Verse one, verse 21. This is where God is silent for only a time. 
These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. So here yeah. we know that God sees everything. Yeah. One of my favorite people to quote, a wonderful thing is the silence of God, that mm. long suffering with sinners, and another wonderful thing is the impudent imputation, interpretation which gives the sin, which the sinner gives to that silence, mm. right? Mm. We, we're getting a break. That was Charles Spurgeon, but of course. Uh, we're getting a break. I have to give you that how many long, limits you can I, quote, Charles. It's only one. So <laughs> I know, just it's one okay. Today. He is good. I, I like him too. We're not done yet, but it's just one. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like these are the people who, in their self-righteousness, feel that they are godly. Oh, yeah. Right? They go yeah, forward. Yeah. They're deceived. They figure God is silent. Therefore, I'm good to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. keep doing what I'm doing because yeah. I'm justified in yeah. acting this way. Yeah. But God is saying, no, you're well, wrong. Yeah. It's actually his silence is his mercy. Right. His mercy. And, and then when he actually, like, now I rebuke you and lay these charges at your feet, that is heavy. <laughs> so yes. heavy. And at what point do you go, oh, my goodness, I've been wrong. Like, forgive me. Or do you go, okay, so. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's this, you're right. I, I believe that in that we see God's mercy. Yeah. But you have a responsibility to react a certain way. Yeah. Because verse 22, right, this is the severe warning to those who forget about God. So we already know all of this stuff is leading up to, mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. There will be nothing left. Yeah. left. But then, like you just said, the grace. I feel that also with this warning comes that promise for grace for those who do repent, right? Like he's saying, mark this then, those who forget God. So if you remember, if you yeah. come back and repent and you are are honest, and you are walking forward in truth, and this will not happen to you, right? Verse 23, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So to yeah. those who glorify him, he gives salvation. Yeah. You offer thanksgiving as their sacrifice and order your way and are righteous in his eyes, in him, he will show you and give you salvation. Mm, yeah. So my encouragement to you today is to not be afraid of the warning. Use it as a loving admonishment to check your spirit and check your heart. I want to encourage you to glorify him with a thankful heart, to live righteous, to repent, and he will show you salvation. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or a comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. Until next time.